0: Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so, so cute.
1: I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted and the Netflix show Brainchild, so these people know what they're doing.
0: As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers, on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning really cool.
1: The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more, so it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning.
0: So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Sean and I have one rule in our relationship and that's always be honest. We call it transparency. transparency. Again, that's an indication that you are able to be intimate. Yes. Is the ability to share sensitive things like that that you might be embarrassed about.
0: everybody, welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the
1: things they go through.
0: Today, let's talk about, I can't do it.
1: Let's talk about what?
0: Sex, baby.
1: Okay, well, here's the thing. We're actually talking about intimacy. (laughs) Yes. Sean, not just sex. Which we'll get
0: into our thoughts on that whole comment right there.
1: My second issue with what you just did is you didn't finish singing the song.
0: I know, I got got nervous.
1: You want to take another take at it? No, this has been a highly requested episode, <laughs> yes. and so we're excited to share our thoughts. We've put together a nice little outline, mostly constructed of your questions Yes. that have been submitted via Instagram mainly. Am I correct? Yes. Um, so, yes, thank you. Before we jump into the show, please subscribe to it. Give it a rating if you've listened to previous episodes and like it. We really appreciate it. We'll give you a moment to do that and welcome back. Okay. So, I just want to start here as we talk about intimacy, romance, you could call it sex. We found some stats here. Yes. Some of these were were really eye-opening. Yeah. Others were concerning. Yeah. Let's go through them. Okay. So, here's a thing. The stats say most married couples have sex 5 times a
0: month. Okay. I
1: feel like we're about on par there. <laughs>
0: Really? Okay. <laughs> just about. Uh, it also says forty percent of spouses said that they have sex three or four times a week.
1: Which doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Does. This was both from the same website, and those two yeah. numbers. So they just go hard one week out just of the one month week, and then, and then they, then they that's just chill out. Yeah. Um, committed relationships make women almost twice as likely to uh, have orgasms.
0: How do you feel about saying that, Andrew?
1: Never said that publicly, <laughs> but we're doing it. So,
0: Only 48% of married women want regular sex after four years. Couples who are married longer actually become more likely to be sexually active. Bottom line, get over the post-honeymoon hump, and things are likely to be even more intimate.
1: So what they're saying is you have yes. a lot of sex initially after marriage. Yes. Then the couple years after that first few months yes. to lull yes and then they say you actually find your group kind of like a second wind again the all these wind.
0: things we're going to talk about because we have a lot of thoughts about it
1: and last that we wanted to share was more than six percent of married women say it's been over a year since they have had sex with their spouse and and experts actually define a sexless sexless marriage as having sex no more than 10 times in any given year which is essentially or less, less than,
0: than once a month They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with Bear. It's breathable and soft, and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in Mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast. In the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one.
1: That's considered a sexless marriage. Okay, so, so here's the thing. We wanted to address this topic because obviously uh, people don't actually like talking about it, but they like no. listening to it. Exactly. Um, and it's It is an important thing in relationships. And so we've gone long enough without discussing it.
0: So I want to start with what we opened with, which is sex versus intimacy. This podcast we are saying is about intimacy. I want to start with, I think one of the biggest mistakes people can make in relationships as singles, as a married couple within the dating world is that they think intimacy equals sex, Yes. And I personally believe that's only a piece of the puzzle.
1: So you looked up the definition of intimacy yesterday and it was yes. the feeling of closeness. The correct? feeling
0: of closeness.
1: Um, Yes. And so that I think intimacy is a is the m- more important component than yes. sex. Right. Although yeah. we were discussing that sex is almost like a signal or an indicator of how intimate a couple may or may not be. Yes, right? and
0: to try to like dive into that a little bit more in explaining our thought, we, we debriefed this whole podcast yesterday before we got into it because we have so many thoughts about it. I think intimacy is that deeper connection you learn to feel with your spouse that goes past vulnerability. So you get to know each other, you know what you like, you know what you, and I'm not talking about sex, I'm just talking about like you like this color. You don't like this food. You, you learn each other. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting on the couch one night holding hands, cuddling. You could be making out. You could be watching a movie. But you feel so close and so connected that it's just this trust and this deep comfort. I think that is intimacy.
1: So it's like the most tender, unguarded, most vulnerable, almost like the core playful like inner untouched like naive child in you right like of like okay this is this is Sean it's not all the accomplishments you have or the insecurities like this is kind of the essence of who Sean is like and getting to that point is intimacy
0: and going a step further I think having sex the right way and I'm not talking biblically I'm talking about like the most vulnerable, intimate form mm-hmm. can only be reached when you reach that intimacy that has nothing to do with sex. does that make sense?
1: yeah, no, it does and and so I think that, yeah again, it's not necessarily about how you're having sex when you're having sex it's like it's just like, oh, we have sex frequently, and so that's it kind of is just like a again indication that w- we're close and yes. And we'll talk about how Sean and I have kind of progressed through that and different phases that we've gone through where we've not felt close and not mm-hmm. had sex, et cetera, um, and on. But I will say, obviously, we'll be d- discussing sex and things of the sort. It's funny. I mention this book a lot, but 30 Lessons on Loving, mm-hmm. this author talks about how no matter what age we are, <laughs> whether we're 30, yes, whether we're 15, whether yes. we're 60, yes, the thought of Older people having sex or talking about sex makes us uncomfortable, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. fun, right? Like when you're a little kid, it's like, uh, you know, teenagers having sex. It's like, ew, disgusting. Yeah. And then like you and I kind of think about uh, sex with the uh, like older people talking about sex and yes. it makes us uncomfortable. Anyway, it's just kind of a side note. But um, yes, I I do think that this issue of mm-hmm. sex, to your point, people equate intimacy to sex and it's it's really been glorified yes in so many different ways by so many different people so sean and i were discussing yesterday like the culture culture you know glorifies sex as like this animalistic like uh kind of vulgar like oh this is the main drive of humanity and yes. like this is this is what true enjoyment and pleasure looks like but then you have like the Christian background, which you and I both kind of come from, mm-hmm. that glorifies it as like this idol in a different sense of hey, it's so important that you should kind of be intimidated by it and don't get within an arm's reach unless you're following X, Y, and Z rule with X, Y, and Z person and in all these different settings. And they put so many boundaries on it that it also becomes like in a different sense, uh, glorified. So
0: We're going to dive into each of these topics even more. Don't worry, because I know we're, we're covering a lot, but what made us want to dive so deep into the intimacy versus sex is I asked you guys on Instagram, what questions you had about intimacy for this podcast. You
1: asked that verbatim, verbatim. Mm -hmm.
0: And it was interesting. Andrew and I went through literally all of the questions and I found it fascinating that the questions were so specific, and I didn't see it as an offensive thing at all. So that's not what I'm saying. I I thought it was fascinating because you guys wanted to know how many times a week, like, do we do do we have sex? Um, what was the first time like? What was, d- what? How do you mix things up in the bedroom? What do you do specifically postpartum to help with the lulls? And what it came down to is. What Andrew's talking about, the glorification of sex versus intimacy. When you find that true intimacy with your partner, when you trust them and you get to such a place of love and that childlike just giddiness and ability to let all guards down, Mm -hmm. specifics do not matter. Every specific is going to be different for every single person. If you have sex once a week or once a month and that works for you and your partner, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And you know, this is speaking from personal experience, but what you just said, but like we also, it's just like kind of a stylistic thing where like people are into different things and people have different background connotations. And so, you know, maybe we could do a different episode about, you know, you and I specifically uh, in like the nitty gritty details. But honestly, we just didn't feel like it was our point or in our place to specifically endorse or condone like certain patterns or, or styles whatever. So
0: do know that like, and like, like I was saying, it's, it comes, everything comes with time and everything comes in phases. And what you like yesterday doesn't mean you'll like it tomorrow. And what we do might not work for what you guys want. And it's just, I understand wanting the, the relatability factor Mm -hmm. of, you know, people always want to justify that what they're doing is okay, or what they're doing is right, or what they're doing is working for their relationship. And that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about how you find what works for you and what works within your relationship
1: yes so the first question was when you asked that someone someone replied what does that even mean about intimacy and we kind of addressed that that doesn't always mean sex it's like it's like actually achieving me getting to that place of tenderness
0: well and that's something andrew and i have had many conversations about over the years of us dating and then being married is how do we find that connection? Because there are times like at the end of the day where it's like, oh, I just I, I just can't go jump into bed. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to know each other well enough to know how do I reach that vulnerability and get there in order to have fun and be so open and enjoy such an intimate moment.
1: So I think that's a good parlay into the second question that was frequently asked is how do you keep it alive? So we've been married coming up on five years. Yes. And again, our mission with the show is not to share like advice. We're not (laughs) family counselors. (laughs) It's really just to share our story. Hopefully that you can relate with, uh, feel free to, you know, chime in and, and share what your story is. But I think that concept of when you first meet, you have this just natural desire to want to jump jump each other's bones as you say. <laughs> I'd, I'd never, I'd never heard you say that. I want to jump your bones. I want
0: to jump your bones. I'd never baby. heard it
1: until you said that. But, uh, <laughs> but then like, it does kind of become a, in some instances, like a, a practice that you have to keep up. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I don't want to say a fake it till you make it. Cause that means different things to different people in this, but it's like, you have to, it's like a, almost a muscle that you have to work well of serving each other and building that. Ability to tap into intimacy.
0: I think how do you keep it alive? That's what everyone keeps asking I think if you go into marriage or a relationship With the understanding that phases are normal Mm -hmm. That that alone that one thought alone can keep it alive because if you go into your marriage thinking that your intimate life is going to be exactly what it looks like after your wedding day, you are going to fail miserably. I mean, nobody can, can keep that up. I'm not saying like to frequency. I'm just saying you have such this, um, how do I say that? Like naive desire right after you get married mm-hmm. where it's just like, I just want to jump your bones. That's
1: it. Jump your bones. But <laughs> yeah. I think a, a piece of what you're saying too is understanding that sex specifically again, because yes. it's glorified is not the most important part no. of a relationship. So the fact that you can go through phases and Hey, you know, we, we just had a baby, so we're not going to have sex probably for a couple of weeks for sure. Maybe a couple of months. Probably and that's okay. Cause I weeks. can actually <laughs> appreciate and love you and, yes. and, Be intimate with you. We'll talk about it despite us not having sex. So,
0: But something that I think that goes hand in hand with the phases is you almost don't need massive amounts of communication right at the beginning because you guys are both so just head over heels in love that it's like, oh, I don't care. Just we're going to jump each other's bones. Um, (laughs) But as you go through phases, as you grow, as you go through arguments, as you get Kind of weighed down by life or by work and then go through just all of it go through all of it mm-hmm. if you don't have open communication and transparency in order that like allows you guys to talk about how you're changing as a person what your needs are what you like what like do you do you need to have your spouse take you out to a movie and have a romantic dinner and light a candle and put on lingerie in order to feel that vulnerable, intimate, like way with your spouse. Like, what do you need at different phases of life?
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a self awareness component to that. Yes. And then there's the courage to share that. Yes. Right. And it's like some people feel ashamed that like, whatever I like I need that. Some people I guess maybe don't feel comfortable talking about it. But c- open communication again. Sean and I have one rule in our relationship, and that's always be honest. We call it transparency. Transparency, And so like, it's just that again, that's an indication that you are able to be intimate yes. is the ability to share sensitive things like that, that you might be embarrassed about and know that the other person's still going to love you and accept you despite it. So another part, you have the sacrifice communication. Another part that goes with it is, uh, did I, or did I, I said you have the phases there communication. Another part is, is the sacrifice. And so, again maybe if maybe i asked you to put on lingerie because <laughs> that's it, a thing of mine and you don't necessarily always want to like there's maybe going to be at some middle ground sacrifice that we both yes. have to make and now, that's a small example but like yes
0: we talked about this this topic of sacrifice within an intimate relationship and there are some very 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 strong boundaries there that we are not talking about we are not talking about
1: Force no nothing forced. It's no, like nothing
0: you've... done that you don't want to do, nothing that doesn't make you feel safe, anything like that is out of the window. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about within a trusted, safe relationship. I know that Andrew's needs are different than mine. It's just like we've talked about before in communicating. We communicate in different languages. Yeah. And it's it's my job as his wife. To learn his language and to learn what he needs to feel loved and desired and intimate. And it's his job to do the same thing for me. So if putting on lingerie one night, even though I feel bloated because I just ate a cheeseburger, is going to like make him feel desired and loved, heck yeah. yeah I'll you, do it.
1: You do look good in that though. But <laughs> along with that, like the sacrifice of we're not always going to be... It goes yes. in phases and sometimes Sean is like, all right, I want to get after it this week. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, I'm not like feeling that same way. Yes. And again, there's, there's a whole like consensual por- portion of this. There's compromise
0: there. But
1: yes. yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, well I might not feel revved up and ready to go, but I can, I can serve you in this way and be in sacrifice, you know, whatever well, I need to, to make that happen.
0: I think for me, those ebbs and flows, if you're constantly waiting for both of you to be in the mood and in the same intimate setting, you're probably not going to be intimate very often just because say. you're different people. But for me, I've learned over time, and I think Andrew has done the same, that I feel I feel so intimate and desired and loved when he's like, I'm feeling it. I'm like, dang, okay. I did something to make him feel like he just loves me that much that he wants to get on that level.
1: Yeah, and on that point, it's taken us years to get, yes. to, get to that point of me actually yes. understanding that, that that's important to you. And so if you're discouraged right now with wherever you might be, understand that there is a time component to this and the practice yes. and like literally repetitions as unromantic as I sound. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, you know, I'm am a, I'm pretty much just like a, meathead caveman that can't understand that Sean needs communication needs me to like tell her that she's beautiful and uh, you know these things yes. and that's important to you so the last part I want to I wanted to bring up with how to keep it alive is this idea of like playfulness yes. and again I'm, I'm not talking about weird <laughs> sex fetishes although <laughs> if fine, you're into it that's yeah, you. that's, that's
0: what you guys are into
1: um I shouldn't use it's not it's weird it's not I'm not talking about sex fetishes. I just mean no. like that again going back to that the intimacy, that core essence of like, be just like, what is, who is Sean? And can I make her giggle? And is this, am I making her feel loved and safe? Mm -hmm. Today's episode, and I think in our relationship, an indication of that is like this idea of, oh, that brings out a certain playfulness Mm -hmm. in you where we can have actual fun. Yes. When we- are well,
0: intimate. I think one of the flaw major flaws in society is this idea of intimacy and romanticism and the perfect fairy tale ending and you watch every movie and sex scenes and intimate scenes are so just not realistic. Let's just go there. It's just it's it's like a fairy tale ending of sex, if that makes sense. And that's not how it works within a marriage. It's it's hard and and interesting and you go through weird slumps and you're trying to figure out how bodies work together. And it's just like if you can't laugh at it and have fun to figure it out, which is not a motion picture movie at the beginning, then <laughs> you gotta throw that expectation out the window. Mm-hmm. Just have fun. And if you're allowing yourself again, To be so vulnerable that you trust someone that much, to be so intimate with, it just makes it easier.
1: Yeah, but again, that might take time. Yes. So know that. A couple things is brought to you by June Shine. If you didn't see on my Instagram, I posted about it the other day. Uh, Last week, Nashville got hit with a ton of snow.
0: And you didn't have any fun with that, did you? (laughs)
1: Well, we went snowboarding down our driveway. It was a blast but I also loved warming up by the fire while drinking some of my new favorite drink, June shine.
0: I know it was almost like you turned the backyard into like a true snow mountain. It It was was hysterical. It was sick. You love June shine though, but I don't blame you. It's better for you than other adult beverages. It's a hard kombucha if you guys don't know. It's so low in sugar. It's easy on the gut, it's gluten-free and full of probiotics, and the taste is amazing. I actually tried it before I got pregnant.
1: I don't care who you are, you're going to love it. Plus, their flavors are so unique. I mean, Blood Orange Mint, come on, baby, talk to me. It's
0: so good. And they're now shipping nationwide, so you can try it too.
1: That's right. We've worked out an exclusive deal for a couple things podcast listeners Receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. Go to juneshine.com forward slash EastFam or use code EastFam at checkout to claim this deal. Keep in mind, this discount is only valid for their variety pack, but don't worry, you're going to love all of these flavors.
0: That's juneshine, J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E dot com slash EastFam.
1: I love the name, and we're also going to link it down below. (laughs) Another question. Moving on. So we have, what does being intimate even mean? Yes. How to keep it alive? Third, how do things change in different seasons of life? Mm -hmm. So we've married for five years, been through the honeymoon, been through our first kid, been through now three pregnancies, um, had a child who's now like a year and a half. So many life transitions when it comes to careers, moving cities, all the stresses, whatever how do things change in regards to intimacy? One thing that comes to my mind is the first four months after we had drew, mm-hmm. we were not having that much sex. No. Maybe a handful. I don't know. Maybe a handful of times in four months. Yeah. And, but the more important thing is deeper than that is I don't know that we actually felt that closely connected. There's, we were going through a massive transition of like being carefree Mm -hmm. 26 year olds to like okay now we're parents Mm -hmm. and we have way different and deeper responsibilities and so we were going through those changes individually and like trying to come to terms with that and as a result I think we kind of felt the strain of that in a variety of different reasons right
0: yes which Again, just going full circle makes me believe and want to reiterate even more that I don't think sex is a relationship, if that makes sense. Yes. Sex is only, is only a small part of it. You're going to spend 90% of your relationship not having sex with your with your spouse. Mm-hmm. So if you can't figure out how to navigate the 90% of life you're going to live not in bed then sex won't work. And when you go through these massive changes and marriage and kids and moving and stresses of work and everything, if you can't learn how to communicate what's going on and how you're feeling and how your body's feeling and what different needs you need or like what different things you need within your life, then that 90% is going to be affected, which is obviously going to affect your sex, affect Your sex life. And for us, especially after having Drew, I was postpartum. So my hormones were all over the place. I was definitely had a little bit of PTSD from just birth. Let's just kind of read between the lines there. I didn't need anything down in that area. Um, And I I, I did. I, I just felt disconnected because we were living such a massive transition of life that affected our relationship. So that was obviously going to affect our intimacy. We didn't know how to be intimate at the time. I didn't know how to talk to you. I didn't know how... I didn't know how to find time in our relationship to talk to you.
1: Yeah. And again, maybe a potential... A whole different episode. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I actually think though, once we made it through that slump... Oh, for sure. We're having like more fun and enjoying sex more. Yes. Uh, Because we've just learned a lot about each other. Yes. And like, we've also kind of grown this ability to have a sense of humor about things and we're more comfortable with each other. And anyway, I like where I like where we're at now better than where we were even on our honeymoon. Right? I like, agree. And it's great, but that comes with time. For sure. So learning each other's needs is another thing. And you, you kind of touched on it, but it's it's not about the specifics because everybody's different. Everybody has different contexts and styles, whatever, but it's mostly about communication. Yes, That's the most important thing.
0: Yes. Well, and Andrew and I realized our disconnect after Drew, which it can be normal for everyone. Having a kid is a massive life change, but we recognize it. And that's when we've told you guys about this. We started date nights once a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And another convert, another question you guys have asked is, like, after kids, do you schedule sex? Do you, like, schedule intimacy? And my whole thought on that is no. But I think it's really important that you schedule, mm-hmm. write it down on the calendar, and, you know, put it in stone once a week, once every other week, time for just you and your spouse so that you can feel connected enough that the intimacy can be spontaneous.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's almost like solving a math problem of, yeah. of, okay, what it's, again, it's not about sex, but wh- what can I do to give us the highest probability of being able to be intimate yes. or having a deep conversation or learning something new about you? And I know that it's not going to be laying on the couch, tired after a uh, uh, long day of work, tired after putting drew down and, and being a parent It's going to be like actually setting aside time, sitting down, looking at you in the eyes. And it just, that increases the probability, right? So it's almost like this, uh, you know, actions can actually direct your feelings type of thing, which is kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people. But it's like, if you train this muscle of date night, date night, date night, date night, it starts becoming like this safe haven of of being able to be intimate. So Next question. How do you stay intimate during pregnancy? This was frequently asked. Um I guess you kind of talked about it.
0: Yes and but. no. I I when we first got pregnant with Drew, I mean, again, I don't feel like until we had a child, we got on such a vulnerable level that we were able to communicate everything to each other.
1: Yeah, we were like just torn to our We were having so many conflicts because we hadn't hadn't had to have these difficult conversations or reach this point of like extreme frustration and be like, what the freak is this about? I hadn't seen this (laughs) for the past four years of marriage. Like, who is this person?
0: So in a sense, being pregnant and having our having Drew allowed us to grow so close that we felt comfortable enough to communicate so many things. Mm -hmm. But it started with pregnancy. So staying intimate during pregnancy was definitely hard at first because...
1: The first trimester, though, you were feeling it. Yes. You're trying to get after it. For
0: sure. Sean A calls it
1: jumping jump in my bones. I call it naked time.
0: <laughs> naked time. Yeah. Yes. First trimester is fun for me. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting because since first trimester was like that, going into second trimester and actually feeling my body change and feeling that affect our intimate life, was really hard for me to vocalize because part of it made me feel self-conscious, which never translates well into sex or the bedroom ever. Because if you're self-conscious, it's it's just not working.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're in your head too much. You're not truly trusting your spouse and having fun. And so we struggled with that around the second trimester for a while. Before we got to a point where we're like, listen, this is happening. Yeah. And we got to figure this out. And it just, it might be awkward at first, but you have to talk about it.
1: It, it was, uh, pregnancy was honestly the best thing to happen to our yes. sex life. Because it, it, <laughs> yes. well, it was like, it's just kind of a ridiculous situation where it's like, okay, you <laughs> yeah. go from like wearing, you, you go from like being this smoke show supermodel to like now you have, no, you still are. <laughs> I'm saying, though, now you have
0: a basketball in the way. It's like hilarious. (laughs) It's hilarious. Right. Yes. And that's that's also these thoughts that I had in the self-conscious way of like, I was like, maybe I don't know if like a pregnant body does it for him. Like, is he into this? Is he not? And so one night we literally got to laughing Mm -hmm. and I was like, we need to talk about this. Because I feel uncomfortable. This just isn't working. The physics of this isn't working. How can we, you know.
1: And it was so good.
0: And we did. We got past it. But I I truly believe it's just communication, humor. Because, I mean, ladies, look at our bodies. It's already humorous. It's beautiful. Yeah. But it's humorous. You're you're wearing a basketball.
1: It it also was an opportunity it was a challenge for sure but it turned into an opportunity of like okay you you were self-conscious yes and how how can i make you feel beautiful make you feel loved make you feel physically attractive through this Mm -hmm. and it was like just so good i just yeah
0: i remember one thing i don't know if you remember this but it, it just meant a lot to me was something that we started doing i get really really cold when i get pregnant which is really strange i know it's usually the opposite Mm. and every night i would take a warm bath and after we had this conversation we i didn't say like oh i would love if you got in the bath with me but he started joining me and it was it just became this like raw intimate moment where it was it was yeah it was just beautiful yeah it was a fun time to share
1: I, I, I'm going to just kind of rehash. Well, it's It's actually interesting and it's, it's not, sex is not the end goal, but again, it is a indication. So how can you optimize the probability that you're going to have sex? Like, sorry, if you're a husband in a pregnancy situation and it's like, for me, that was not my end goal, but me being with you in the bath unlock the door and open the door of potential intimacy so it's just like it's such an interesting actually i think way to look at it of like oh (laughs) increase how can (laughs) how can i best how can i you know most increase my chance of having sex with my wife
0: i get i get what you're saying (laughs) saying? (laughs) instead of making it sound bad like it's strategic yeah correct me here to getting sex i think something that you actually wrote down you skimmed over but i think sex is an awesome indication Mm -hmm. of how your relationship is doing yeah because if it's not fun if it's a chore if it's not happening as often as you want if your needs aren't being met if like some all of these things if those things are happening then i think you should take a step back and look at your relationship are you Communicating deep enough? Are you laughing with each other enough? Are you asking the questions that you should be asking in order to to make your spouse feel wanted and desired and loved and special? Mm -hmm. Like if you if you aren't, I think if you start, you'll notice a massive difference within your intimate life.
1: Yeah, but but it's not about the sex ultimately. No, but it's it's everything that comes with it. Yes, but I think.
0: If you, if you take that, um, like direction, you're going to notice your relationship is going to be better too. It's, al- it's
1: almost like a KPI in business, like a key performance indicator. They're yeah. Like, they're like, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Anyway. So how do you stay intimate during pregnancy? I, I do think that it's, you know, it's challenging to work through phases like pregnancy, but through every challenge, there's an opportunity yes. to increase communication and things like that. But, yes. uh, gosh. I want to do a full episode on this one. The next question, how to not make intimacy or sex a chore when you're trying to have kids. So we did the ovulation test. We've done like the whole cycle. And it's so interesting that the ovulation test like does make sex a chore. Oh my gosh. Whereas like, okay, the next three days it's game time. So let's just bang it out. And it's like, Well, this isn't fun.
0: No, it's not. I I
1: was overthinking it. I was like, oh my gosh, if we don't have, if we don't make this happen right now, then freaking we got to wait another, you know what I'm saying? It's just.
0: Yes. And I, uh, yes, we could do an entire episode about this. It's so hard. It's such a fine balance because there's so many people out there that struggle with infertility where it's like that you only have that option. It's not like you can just play around and have fun for years on end waiting for it to happen. And for us, since we did have trouble with Drew and the miscarriage the first time, we went the ovulation route, we went the tracking, we went the cycling, everything, and it messed us up (laughs) because I started getting in my head about like, oh, this isn't how it's supposed to be. We shouldn't be having sex to make a baby and it not be like beautiful and roses and so romantic and this perfect moment. It It shouldn't be a chore, which thinking that alone affected everything and trying going to tell my husband like, Oh, it's time. Like we need to do this right now is not attractive and doesn't make someone feel desired or loved. And it's just such a hard game. So I would say, how do you not make it a chore? The easiest way is to just pull the goalie and have fun a lot, however you can. But I think
1: this is such a nuanced conversation. It's such a nuanced nuanced, conversation. But I think it goes back ultimately to that idea of like sacrifice of like, oh, we're doing this for a greater purpose, or like, I'm doing this to serve you, or I'm doing this to serve our future family, whatever it is. So I think that's one way to look at it. Um,
0: We would ah. just agree with all of you that it's hard. That's a hard one, and we haven't figured it out yet.
1: How do you balance different sex drives? Ah. Again, communication, I think not holding grudges or like, uh, being yeah. angry at the other person of like, I, it goes both ways. Like, yes. Oh my gosh, Sean always wants to have sex, which is usually the case. <laughs> and I just want to freaking l- l- go to bed. <laughs> right? wow. I mean, well, they're, no, there's so, they're, it's so interesting because yeah. it's like time of day and preferences with that or like yes. frequency and preferences of that. It's like, it can become like this, you're you're kind of like stomping on my ground and like invading my personal space and territory. But it's like, no, don't, don't look at it like that. It's, it is an opportunity to be like, you know, let's have a sense of humor about this. Yes. And I can still make you feel loved. Don't make it something that you get upset or worked up about. Right. Yes.
0: I think for us, we've gone through many phases of different sex drives. Um, where like, I had more of a sex drive than him and then it would flip and then it would flip back and it would just like, you're constantly being challenged with that. I think after you have kids, it, like you said, it changes what type of day and where and how, and all of these different preferences. And again, humor and communication is pretty much your only route. Yeah. If you don't tell your spouse That you have a completely different sex drive then you're like setting them up for failure you have to be able to tell each other that
1: it's important gosh it's so funny people ask a lot of specific questions yes right do you have sex with the baby in the room i don't want to say we've never done that i honestly think it's weird enough to have a dog in the room it is but personally that's how i feel
0: it is yeah
1: but <laughs> I prefer not to have sex with the child in the room.
0: Have we? I yes. think we have.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're like hotel rooms and stuff. Yes. got to do what you, gotta do. you <laughs> got to
0: <laughs> do. But yeah, um, the dog is almost weirder than the baby thought, to a certain extent.
1: Thoughts on who should initiate sex specifically.
0: Ah, It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. If you're feeling it, do it.
1: No, no, no. No, no, but this is okay. You're oversimplifying this. Stephen Linda Zanaco gave us really good advice on this. Yes, because and we've struggled with this. If I try to initiate and you shut me down, yes, I like it is a core affecting issue where I'm like, what the heck did I do wrong? And I'll go to bed yes. mad, and then it's like, and, and then it leaves for me. So, one thing that Stephen Linda said was you have a candle or whatever you want to put on the side of your bed and you can light the candle. If I'm in the mood, I can light my candle and you'll yeah. know like, okay, we, a, you can, we can either make moves yeah, or B we can have a discussion about it. And, yes. and it's not like us in the, you know, heat of the battle where it's like, we're making out and then you shut me down and go to bed. It's yeah. like, Hey, see you. I see you lit your candle, babe. Like, so, <laughs> and we can have a conversation about yeah. it. And like, hey, can we defer this till the morning or whatever it is? Like,
0: We haven't started doing the candle thing, but I will say something we have started is we struggled with that for a long time or I did because dealing with different sex drives and different preferences of time and just all these different things, trying to like match each other's ebbs and flows like we talked about. I would want to initiate, but I felt self-conscious too because I would think to myself, oh, well, if he's not initiating, he must not, he must not want to. Yeah, yeah. And he's over there thinking, oh, she's not initiating. So she must not want to, and all these different things. And we would have, we had many, many conversations about this where it just kind of took time for us to figure it out. But I truly believe it doesn't matter. And you just have to learn how to be receptive. And you also have to learn, and I think you should talk to your spouse about it, How to say, honey, not tonight in the language, in the way that your spouse can receive it the best.
1: Yeah. One thing, one thing we've done better is like, we've actually just, you kind of, you realize that, Hey, if it's, if we're laying in bed and I'm like head on my pillow, I'm, I'm wanting to go to bed. And (laughs) so like, it'll be earlier than that. You'll tell me like, Hey, you want to go cuddle? Winky face. Yeah. Right. And so that's like a good compromise. Yes. You know, I'm more of a morning person, person anyway. Hey, I've but.
0: gotten there. I've gotten there. <laughs> <laughs> winky face. I can't yeah. believe you just said yeah, winky yeah. face.
1: Um, but the candle, that whole concept of just yeah. like, of, I think, let's call it white space. And you and I were talking about this, yes. of like the ability to to not make or have to make decisions in the heat of the battle. It's yes. like, it just gives you some space to have conversations to think things through to to learn how to be respectful to you know it's just like it's not right there
0: it also like like you said the candle if you guys can figure out some sort of way to like subliminally communicate with each other to allow each other enough time to think about it process it maybe get in the mood if you're not yeah all of these different things, it just allows for that for more space for you to succeed with one another. And
1: yeah. By space, it's almost like quite literally time. Yeah. Of like, oh, you know, I'm not feeling it tonight. I see Sean let her candle, so how can I let me have thirty seconds to actually think of how I can let her down gently with this. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. What non physical things do we do to keep intimacy alive in our relationship? The date night is huge.
0: Yes. Uh, Having one night every single week to truly just connect with each other and feel like husband and wife and whether it ends in sex or not, doesn't matter. It just sets us up for success that week and feeling intimate enough and vulnerable enough for that to happen.
1: Um, another thing that's honestly been huge is our time in the morning. Mm -hmm. And this is why we have unicorn coffee is cause it's, It's your and I's special time to start today to actually connect. And like we do our reading and we have usually I'd say I'd say three or four out of seven days of the week. We'll have like a good conversation, Mm -hmm. even though it's going to be a 10 minute window of like, okay we're drinking our coffee. We're having this conversation. I'm learning something about you. That's a special time for us.
0: We've also set aside at least 10 minutes every night. This sounds weird and silly but we have drink time
1: bev time bev
0: time which is water <laughs> but as soon as we put Drew down or finish cleaning up the kitchen or whatever we meet at the like kitchen table and sit there and like have our beverage of choice and just talk about the day
1: it's so easy before to follow yeah before we like turn on Netflix or whatever yes. whatever we do um yeah and so uh, by the way I want to make this I, I really don't want you listening to think like, oh my gosh, all they do is just talk. And like, they're so great. They don't even like waste any time. It's it's all us gazing into each other's eyes. No. That's not the case at all. We watch just as mes- much Netflix as you do, but we have done certain things, small windows of time that have actually gone and made a big difference of like 10 minutes in the morning. Yes. Maybe it's, just, it's even five minutes sometimes mm-hmm. after we put Drew down for those who have kids. It's like, but it's an opportunity for Sean to get anything off her chest, share any frustrations, kind of debrief, recap the day. That's been really good when it comes to us maintaining that sense of intimacy. Couple of things is also brought to you by Honey.
0: Remember during our episode about money and relationships and Andrew said that I was the <sighs> bigger spender of the two of us? Uh, okay, so it's true, but I gotta tell you about how I save money while shopping.
1: All right, honestly, This is really the coolest. Go ahead.
0: So whenever you get to the checkout, there's always a box that asks for a promo code. I rarely ever have one on hand, but I'm always wishing that I did. Well, Honey literally searches the internet for you for promo codes and automatically adds them to your cart so that you can get a discount, which means you can shop even more.
1: Honestly, Honey does all of the work for you. They support more than 30000 online stores. I've saved so much money on clothes, headphones, even on our food delivery. And I know Sean has saved <laughs> quite a lot of money yourself as well.
0: Enough money to continue shopping. (laughs) Honey has found it's more than 17 million users, over $2 billion in savings.
1: $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a favor and supporting this podcast.
0: Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash EastFam.
1: That's joinhoney.com slash EastFam. We'll also link it down below. Let's get back to it.
0: So next question. (laughs) I think this one is funny. How do you decide how often you have sex?
1: I want to revisit what you said earlier about it doesn't matter who initiates. Okay. I, uh, I shut you down because the initiation is a massive part of sex. Yes. But I think what you were saying is like, it's not like we have this super traditional marriage where it's like, Oh, only the man can initiate sex and you do it on his schedule. You meant like it should be this open. Yes. Flow of communication. Yes. And anyway, how do you decide how often to have sex? It's like, well, it depends on, you know, it it depends on the communication that you're having. I feel like.
0: I think if you make it too much of a data point of, Oh, We have to hit our quota. We have to have sex this many times this month. We have to, that puts too much pressure on the situation. I think if it's the middle of the day and all of a sudden you're feeling it, tell your spouse.
1: Afternoon delight. (laughs) Mm.
0: I just, I, I think if you release yourself from feeling like you need to be another data point where you have sex three or four times a week, or whatever then you allow yourself the opportunity to just have fun
1: it's so funny when you talk about sex I feel like there's so many innuendos that people make like you just, you just use the word release and people use that in the sexual context and <laughs> oh, I, I just don't like how like yeah, <laughs> I'm reading it. anyway um, that's okay. not what you meant at oh, all okay. um and then like balancing busy schedules like the the frequency this kind of alludes to the the kind of the more higher uh, perspective issue Mm -hmm. of boundaries in life. And it's like, are you working till 9 PM and waking up and starting your work day at 6 AM? You're probably not going to be having sex and you're probably not going to be connecting with your wife or your spouse or partner in that way. Yeah. So what are the boundaries that you're actually establishing to allow the intimacy? And
0: again, reiterating to another, just going back to the beginning, I think the most important thing is to not think too much about what Google statistics are telling you. Mm. If you have sex every single day of the year and you and your spouse love that, awesome.
1: Congratulations.
0: If you don't, that's okay. If you are into all the gadgets and gizmos and things and that's what like you and your spouse love and desire... Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's great for you. It is such a thing about trust and vulnerability,
1: and removing shame and embarrassment from the equation. Yes. So it, it, it's great. It just and that's what I love about marriage is like it is kind of because it has the contract portion of it because it has like this lifelong commitment yes. aspect of it. It like actually is the maybe the only type of relationship where you could have that type of like hey, Sean, to be honest with you, I am into this gadget. And it'd be like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm not, but how can we work through it, right? Yes. Like, Yes. It's great. Anyway. Um,
0: you don't need to relate to other people with your sex life. You don't. Because mm-hmm. it's not theirs. It's yours and your spouse's.
1: Yes. Is it normal to struggle with intimacy sometimes in marriage? We will reemphasize this. <laughs> over and over again, yes And don't get overly discouraged It's normal yeah. to be discouraged I'm not saying don't be discouraged But it's phases And this phase is gonna end Whatever you're in
0: Yes And and it's okay If you're in a phase That you're concerned about In a safe space At a good time Whatever you deem that is Talk to your spouse about it
1: Yeah that was a lot. I feel like we should, maybe yeah. we could we, we have a lot of other questions like I know, I toys in the best me, like, room. How are we going to get through all this? What's the best lube? All of these different things. <laughs> um, oh. we'll end this episode here. Yes. Sean, and I put a lot of thought and effort into this episode. We hope that it was conveyed and we hope we communicated this well. We hope that if anything, this discussion has led you to feel encouraged about where you're at, no matter where that is. Um, and, Just, yeah, we, we hope it provided value and made you feel the desire to want to more deeply connect, communicate, um, and love your spouse, whatever that looks like for you. So we will end it there.
0: Yes. Part two. If you guys would like,
1: yes, let us know, uh, subscribe to the show. If you liked it and give us a rating, if you'd like part two, did we, uh, you know, not touch any questions that you would like us to, to discuss, uh, do you want us to share specifics? I don't know. I actually, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to have that discussion, but we'd love to hear your feedback. So anyway, thank you for listening. We are so thankful for your time and we uh, we hope that we just stewarded your time well there. So have a fantastic day. we will talk to you later. Peace fam, out. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're gonna ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcast on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor?
0: We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners